Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We've been going over the series, Be Careful for Nothing. I don't care, right? And you might ask yourself, well, why do Pastor Justin keep having us go over the same scriptures? Philippians 4, verses 4 to 10. John 14, verse 1 and verse 27, right? 1 Peter 5, 7. Well, there's two reasons. The Holy Spirit continues to ask us to keep talking about this subject. So Pastor Justin has been led by the Holy Spirit to keep talking about this. And then the other reason is faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. I was awakened by the Lord one morning with a word from the Lord. I was in this basement of this structure, right? And there's all these these blo- all these cement concrete blocks all around me. And all these beams, all these wooden beams, these team beams, horizontal and vertical beams. And I'm standing in there, and all of a sudden the famous man of God appears next to me And he looks at the T-joint of of those beams, and he takes the Bible in his hand, and he just slams it right up against where the two join together. And he says, the Word of God is the foundation for everything. Man, you talk about waking up. Whoa! Get a jolt from the Lord and wake up from that. The Word is the foundation for everything. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. I'm, I'm reminded of being in the military. And, uh, and I saw a movie one time that just reminded me of it in basic training, and you laugh. But there's a man with a rifle, and they got their rifles, and they're learning how to shoot their rifles. And he's, I mean, these guys are hitting the target perfect. I mean, they're shooting that thing, they're hitting it. They've gone through a week of weapons training, and they're hitting that target perfect with that rifle, right? Well, the commander comes up, and he finds the best marksman that's there in the group, and he takes them, and then he sets them next to him, and he says, I want to see you do that again. Now, this is back, you know, during the the Civil War. So he takes out his cartridge, you know, of gunpowder, and he rips it off, and he puts it in there, and then he takes the bullet and puts it in there and takes the ramrod and rams it down in there, and then he gets up and he shoots it. And then he comes, now I want you to do it again, only I want you to do it faster. And so the guy starts to do it faster, and as he's doing it, he starts to yell at him, faster, faster, and the guy's getting a little nervous, and he's putting it in there. Now, the next time he takes up his rifle and shoots it, He gets the round off, but this time it doesn't hit the target in the center. This time it's a little off. Faster, you got to go faster. Do it again faster. So the guy starts doing it again faster. He's starting to shake. He's trying to, he's getting the powder in there. He's getting the bullet down there. He's starting to ram it. And he takes his pistol and he discharges it right next to his ear. And the guy drops the weapon and he just freezes in fear. And he walks over to his exec and he says, teach them properly. See, you can, you can know this word, right? You can know it inside and out. You can have every scripture memorized. But until you take this thing and use it in combat, until you're so satisfied in the words, you're so rooted and grounded in love, you're so rooted and grounded in this thing that you've got no more fear. You're going to take this thing, you're going to use this, and you're going to go out because there's going to be all kinds of pressure the enemy's going to put on you, Right? What we experienced with Pastor Cassie, that what you pulled out, what we were experienced, you can have that 24 hours a day. Somewhere in there that'll break. But this is why we're going over this over and over again, because we just don't want you to know the word. We want you to be proficient in the word. We want you to be so good that when you go out there, when you go out in your job, when you go out there on the streets, we're the light. We're the answer of the world. So let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. We've been getting some rich teaching on this. Sometimes, I tell you, when we've been hearing this, you just want to get up and run. You know, I mean, you just have to hold yourself down because it's just like, man, hallelujah. And thank God for the Apostle Paul. 
I, I just thank God for the Apostle Paul because he took the Word of God and ran with it. I mean, he got revelation knowledge. He got working knowledge of the Word and then began to teach us how to use it. I, just exciting. You know, we go to verse 4, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is a lifestyle. Rejoicing is a choice. It's a lifestyle, right? You keep this constant. Let your moderation be known unto all men. In verse 5, the Lord is at hand. Let this lifestyle be known. you got the answer on the inside of you. you got the light and the love of the Lord on the inside of you. Be careful for nothing. So rejoice in the Lord always, right? This doesn't mean you rejoice when problems come, okay? You're not, re- when I say you don't rejoice at the problem, okay? That's not what we're rejoicing about. I'm rejoicing about my covenant. I'm rejoicing about the word of God. I'm rejoicing because I know I have the answer. That's why I'm rejoicing. I've got a fellowship with the Lord. Man, we got love with the Lord, right? So I'm rejoicing for my covenant. I'm not rejoicing because the enemy is attacking me. You understand that? Some people misunderstand that. They think that they're supposed to start rejoicing and praising the devil because of the situation that's happening. No, you're supposed to be constantly in a 24-hour state of joy. And when situations come, you're still rejoicing. That's what makes the world look at you and think you're in a state of denial and you're in a state of craziness. It's because you're in that peace. Be careful for nothing. Simply put, you just will not allow anxiety or fear to control you. Because that's what fear is trying to do. It's trying to choke you, and it's trying to control you. It's trying to get you to make a decision. It's trying to get you to make a word, okay? So let the peace, it says here, be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto the Lord. Okay, so, 1 John, we know the Lord hears us, right? We know that he hears our voice. We bring our petitions before the Lord according to the word of God, according to his, his will, right? I bring it to him. I know he hears me. I'm in love with him. He's in love with me. I'm in one with him. He's in one with me. He hears me, right? So I bring my petition, and then I ask according to your word, Lord. And then I start thanking him, just like we were tonight. I just thank you, Lord, for your love. You heard my request. It's according to your word. We're in covenant. So you, it's Thanksgiving, that's how you let that request be known. And then somewhere that peace of God will just come over you. Somehow that peace of God, it just comes over you. It passes all understanding. It just comes over you. And it just breaks the power of that fear. It passes all understanding. This, this body was just designed to interact with creation. That's all it was designed to do. All it was designed was to send information to my brain so that I can enjoy creation. But it was never designed to tell me how to react to a situation. It was, its only job is to inform me. So I just let the word of God be what makes my decision. Hallelujah. So finally, brethren, in verse 8, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. Remember the children of Israel? Twelve spies went out. They all saw the same thing. But only two of them came back with the right vision, the right report. Hey, we can take these guys. Look, what Egypt, he took down Pharaoh and the mighty Egypt. Come on, these guys. Come on, he can take these guys down. But what did the other ten do? They came back with a bad report, right? And so they began to infect all of Israel and began to spread a bad report, right? Think on the good reports. Think on the word of God. Think on these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good report. One that lines up with the word. One that lines up with the promises. One that lines up with the covenant. That's what a good report is. 
Hallelujah. You're going to have to make that battle. You're going to have to make that mental decision, particularly if you've got a bad report given to you. Let's go to, let's go to Proverbs. You're going to like this, because I did. Man, when I read this in Proverbs, I got excited. Proverbs chapter 15. Oh, man. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 15. We're going to go to verse 23 and 24. And then I'm going to go to verse 28. So Proverbs chapter 15, verse 23 and verse 24. Verse 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth. I have a choice. I have a decision. I can respond to a situation. I have the choice. God's given me the ability to choose. I can answer to and respond to a situation with my mouth. Okay? It says here, A word spoken in due season, right? How good is it? Hey, When that pressure's on you, because it's going to come on, it's going to start squeezing you. I mean, it's going to try to squeeze you into a word. It's going to try to squeeze you into a reaction. It's at that point when you start rejoicing in the Lord, because you're always rejoicing anyways, right? But realize he's trying to get you to make a decision. He's trying to get you to make a word. Because at that critical point, that critical juncture, if he can get that word, he's he's got that promise out of your heart. Now he's got you. He stole the football, so to speak. Running back with a football, right? You, you fumbled the ball. Now he's got it. That's what he's trying to do. So remember, in key situations, when you get a bad report, in key situations where that pressure is trying to mount up, doesn't matter what you feel like because the body, the human body, secretes chemicals according to what information goes into the brain. The human body is, doesn't understand spiritual things. It just doesn't, Okay. So I'm the, I can't trust my feelings, okay? I take the information as it comes in. I'm not in a state of denial. I don't trust the prognosis that's trying to happen. It's not the diagnosis. It's the prognosis that I'm not, I'm not going to listen to, right? I know that I can respond to this thing spiritually, right? So I need to speak a good word in due season. Now, I call this next verse high, high flight, high life, okay? I'm, I'm, I did two years Army, but... The rest of it was all Air Force, okay? So you'll, this is the Air Force thing. But this is the high life. I mean, this is aim high right here, verse 24. The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from the hell beneath. <clears throat> the law of lift will always supersede the law of gravity. Now, I want you to think of the law of gravity as sin. It's pulling. It's tugging. Just like gravity is tugging on that airplane. But one law called lift, can now supersede another law. Hey, how about that? Jesus never broke the law. Surprise to a lot of people, but he never broke the law. The law of mercy supersedes other laws. There are other laws that are more important than other ones. Why can a police officer go fast down the road with his lights on if it's a priority one call? Isn't he breaking the law? No, another law supersedes the other one. So when fear tries to come on you, how, how, what? See, I like processes with the Lord. Lord, how does this, how can you do that? I gave you the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Oh, 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 oh glory be to God. When I knew about that, I'm in the high life. I don't have to live in, by the hell beneath now. I can fly at a higher level. I can live in the way the Lord lives. And uh, I, I like what Brother Trey said. I, I just want to live in that continual state of peace. And I'm starting to work on that. I mean, I've, I've been making it. I'm really getting better at this. I, I'm telling you, hallelujah. Look at verse 28. 
Now, we were just talking about the right word spoken at the right time, right? Look at verse 28. The heart of the righteous person, and you're born again, you got Jesus in you, you're righteous. He studies to answer. So he, in the inner part of his inside, he, that word study there is the word for meditate, groaning and uttering, right? So a man of God, a woman of God, in pressure situations, they begin to listen internally for the right word to speak in the situation. They study the situation. Oh, when I read this, I was just like, man. But now, this will be a little disgusting here. But the mouth of the wicked, the one that begins to twist the word, the one that starts going to the ways of the world, right? Starts giving over into fear. What happens? He, he pours out. Now, that word in the Hebrew is he's belching. Okay, now, whatever you want to get out of that. But that's what it looks like to God when you start giving in the fear and start speaking fear. I want you to just imagine yourself belching or someone belching all the time because that's what it's, that's literally what that's saying right there. And when I, when I read that, I was like, oh, man, Lord. <laughs> Oof, I got I to gotta change my communication. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I just wanted you to know that, that what you say during the exact moment of an attack or the moment you sense an, an overflowing onslaught from the enemy when he tries to come with fear, he's trying to get you to determine an outcome, right? The right word spoken at the right moment. That's what's going to make or break you. Seriously, that's what it's going to do. Now, if you've made the mistake and you said the wrong word, oh, Lord, forgive me. Hallelujah. I cast My wife and I do this all the time. Boy, we cast that seed down in the name of Jesus. We're just not going to live with it. Um, let's go to Psalms 37. We'll just go backwards a little bit and go to Psalms 37, verses 8 to 9. We're talking about peace, right? We're talking about rest, right? We're talking about not having fear. We're talking about being in the presence of the Lord. So Psalms 37, verses 8 and 9. There's lots of places all over the scriptures that talk like this, but I'm just going to read these two. But you can see in verse... Uh, like verse 7, go to verse 7. We'll just go down to verse 7. It says, Psalms 37, verse 7, it says, Rest in the Lord, right? Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Don't get fretful. Don't start getting mad at God. Don't start waving your fist at God, right? Don't fret yourself, particularly when you see other people prospering. And he talks about prospering because of their way. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Don't fret yourself in any way to do evil, okay? And then if you look at verse 34, I'm going to go all the way over to verse 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. The wicked will be cut off, you'll see it. The answer is going to come. You're going to inherit you're going to conquer. Pastor Justin started to talk about possessing, right? You are going to possess. That's a military term right there. You are going to possess. You are going to take over. It's going to happen. Just wait on the Lord. Be patient. Stay in that love walk with him. Stay in that presence. Don't let fear control you. The right word's going to come out. And the next thing you know, you're going to hear from the Holy Spirit. He's going to tell you what to do. Okay? All right, next scripture I'd like to go to is Psalms chapter 5. So we're just going to go a few pages backwards. I'm going to go through some scriptures here just so you can see. It's all over the Bible. Boy, I really like this one. And the guys in the prison when I minister to them, minister to them they really like this one. Verse 11, Psalms chapter 5, verse 11. But let all those that put their trust in you, Lord, rejoice. 
Why? Let them shout for joy. Why? Because you, Lord, defend us. Boy, there it is right there. He defends me. Man, you talk about casting care over on him. He defends me. I could get into some testimonies about how the Lord shortened and reduced sentence for people. And uh, mm. let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. So hallelujah. So we're joyful in you, Lord. And of course, in verse 12, it says, the Lord blesses the righteous with favor. He surrounds us with a shield. Hallelujah. So why would you want to get out of that position that Pastor Justin has been talking about? Why would you want to move yourself out of the position of who you are in Christ Jesus? Why would you want to give in to fear? Why would you want to hand over to the devil, right? What's rightfully yours? What's the promise that's already yours? Why do you want to do that? You know, stay in that position. Stay in that rest. Now, let's go to Isaiah 41. Because this one, another high flight, another Air Force type scripture. We're going to go to Isaiah 41, verse 28. Isaiah 41, verse 28. Isaiah 41, verse 28. And I'm going to go all the way through 31. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? This is available to you. This is good news. Have you heard of this? Did you know this? I mean, that's literally what the prophet's saying. Do you know this? This is yours. It's available to you. We're in the book of Isaiah. We're in Isaiah, let's see, 40, oh, 40th. I'm sorry, Isaiah 40. Did I say 41? I apologize. Isaiah 40. Go to Isaiah 40. It's got 41 written up here, but that's because it starts down here. So, Okay, Isaiah 40, verse 28. Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, hey, he doesn't faint. He never gets tired, right? He never gets weary. There is no unsearching. It's unlimited. He runs the entire universe, okay? So he's saying, listen up. Hey, God's got the answer. Are you helpless right now? Are you in a situation where you're helpless? Are you in a situation where you just simply do not have the answer? Get excited. Just keep reading. Because he gives power to who? The faint, the one that's helpless, the one that's in a critical situation, the one that doesn't know what to do. Hey, I'm available. I'm right here. Mm. And to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Oh, man, I I think of Paul. I think of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians, man, in in the 12th chapter, verse 7, where he says, three times, man, I tried to get rid of this thing. The messenger of the devil come to buffet him three times. It was from the devil, right? getting all this revelation, walking in all this stuff with the Lord, and now the devil's coming after him, okay? And he's cried out three times. But what did the Lord say? He said, my grace is sufficient for you because it gets strong in your weakness. Man, when I read that, I got like Rocky Balboa, man. All right, come on. It's like, bring it on, devil. I mean, look, listen to what Paul said when you read that in, in the 12th chapter. He's like, glory be to God. Bring it on, devil. I, I don't care if I've got infirmities anymore. I don't care if I'm, I'm stuck in persecutions or in infirmities or anything more. All I got to do is call on the grace of God. It's sufficient. It'll overcome. It's ever powerful. It's unending, right? Look at verse 30. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger, even he's going to get weary. The young men will utterly fail, but those that enter into that peace, that enter into that rest, right? Those that wait upon the Lord, those are the ones that renew. They'll pass through. They'll restore, right? their strength, and they'll mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Glory be to God. There was a situation in my life when 
I was leaving the Air Force to come into the ministry to come here. And um, I was approached, and I actually had was summoned to go to court because I was charged of fraud. Okay, I'm not going to get into all of the detail, but someone charged me with fraud. Okay, the way it was set up and the way it was going, because I had to meet with, with a magistrate on this. The way this thing was going was is. I had left the Air Force, I was making a certain amount of money, and now I'm not making that amount of money, and now I'm being told that I'm, I'm stealing and taking money. Now, they're coming after me to try to show that I'm in fraud, okay? And, um, man, thank God for Pastor Justin. I- I'm serious, thank God, because I showed up early one morning and just sat by that door, and he showed up. And we came in, and we prayed, and we released our faith. You want to talk about pressure. Imagine leaving your job. Imagine leaving, going to to come into the ministry, and now you're being presented with a legal case. And the way this thing was going was, is I would have to go back and get another full-time job, making the exact same amount of money that I was making before I left. That's what was happening. That was what the enemy was trying to do. Because after we prayed and I got into the presence of the Lord, the Holy Spirit began to download in me. It was actually a Wednesday night. I had to miss a Wednesday night, but... My wife came. Pastor Justin allowed me to do this. He forgave me for that. I'm just having fun. <laughs> it's just a joke. But, um, but the Holy Spirit had me stay home that night. I'm just having fun. I'm just having fun. But he had me stay home that night. And um, the presence of the Lord, the word of the Lord started talking to me and told me what to do. Of course, he told me not to think that you're going to be a lawyer because I'm telling you what to do. But I was able to make my case and present it and wound up winning. And, um, but the thing was, is, is I had to enter into rest. I had to enter into peace because if you let fear choke you, you're not going to be able to hear it. Jeremiah, come up here for a second. I want to, I want to give this example. Okay. Come on up here and give it. Now let's say Jeremiah is listening to me and I'm the Lord and we're walking and we're talking and we're having a good time. Right. And all of a sudden he's not listening to me anymore. I like to do this a lot in the prisons. And now, all of a sudden, it's harder for him to hear me because he's getting separated from me, right? So now it's a little more difficult for him to hear me. What do you think the enemy's going to do when you're not walking in that joy, you're not spending time with him, and you kind of get a little farther away from the Lord? The Lord's still speaking. He's still talking. But what do you think the enemy's going to do? He's going to come stand in front of Jeremiah now, and he's going to get in his face, and he's going to start doing all this stuff. What's, what's devil mean in the, in the Greek? It means... Diabolos, right? It means constant pressuring, constant hitting until finally, you know, what's he got to do to me to get me out of his face? Resist. He's got to resist me, right? He's got to tell me to go. Thank you, Jeremiah. God bless you. Thanks. You got to do that. <laughs> See, so it's possible to live a life that's free from the control of fear. It's possible. You don't have to manage fear. You can actually live free from it. Um, If you let the word be your standard, you let the word be your vision, you let it be your foundation, okay, it'll control your actions instead of fear. So we can say this, I can live never being anxious about anything. I remove the fear with your words, Jesus, in your love, Father, because perfected love casts out all fear. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 13. Romans 13. All right. Romans 13. 
Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for your word. All right, let's go to verse 11. Romans 13, verse 11. In that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Look at verse 12. The night is far spent. The night is far spent. Day is at hand. Us living in the fallen state of Adam is gone. It's done. It's over with. We don't have to live under the law of of sin and death anymore. Day is at hand. There's no darkness in the sky anymore. It's all light, okay? We are now living in the law of the spirit of life of Christ Jesus. The day is at hand. So let's cast off the works of darkness. Let's put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Now go to the, to the right all the way over to Ephesians. And we're going to go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to hear Paul say this again. Saying it to a different group of people. Ephesians 5 verse 7 and 8. Now, in Ephesians 5, he's, he's talking about particular things that the, world's, the world does, okay? Lust, fornication, things like that. But he says, don't be partakers with them. Well, let's not be partakers with fear, because everything that's sin is associated with fear. It's all fear-based. There isn't any sin that isn't fear-based, right? Look at verse 8. You were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. When you become a Christian, okay, you enter into a life of adversity and adventure, okay? That's the best way I can think of it and to speak it, okay? And you also enter into a life of duty, okay? A duty to the word, a duty to the Lord, a duty to light, a duty to be an answer to the world, an answer to their problems, okay? Our duty is to go out there and be vessels of light in Christ, to wear the armor of light, to walk in that armor, okay? That's our job. And we always have to remember that, that we wear the robe of salvation. We have the light of Christ on the inside of us. Glory be to God. So we have to remember that. Always have to remember this. We're not actors in a play. Now, now, this is something to think about. A Christian is not an actor in religion. Religions are all actors, okay? When you walk in the light as he is in the light, you are not an actor, okay? I don't just say words to sound like a Christian. I'm not supposed to just be some kind of actor pretending like I'm a Christian. No, no, no. I'm, this is for real. This game is for real. There are people dying out there. I mean, you see what's going on out there. We are not actors. We have to remember this. You are light. Walk in the light. You are light. Walk in it. Walk in it. What kind of army would we have if we train our soldiers to fight, and then when we send them out to battle, we don't give them anything to fight with, any weapons, right? I mean, what kind of army would that be? What kind of God would we have if he would tell us we're light, but not give us any weapons to go out? He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. Man, he's given us a covenant. We're going to talk about covenant here because... That's how I enter into rest, is remembering his covenant. John 14, we know in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, You cast your care on the Lord because he cares for you. Okay? So stop carrying that care. Stop carrying it. We learned when Pastor Annette was talking 
We're not designed to carry care. We, we just ain't. Your body's not going to do it. If you want to cast, I mean, if you want to carry the care, you're going to get all kinds of health problems. You're going to get all kinds of these problems left and right. You're just not designed to carry it. Well, let's go to John 14, verse 1. I'm going to have to speed it up here. John 14, verse 1. Let me get there. Okay. We're going to go over the scripture again. We're going to put it before your eyes. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also on me. Now go down to verse 27. What does the Lord leave with us in verse 27? Peace. But what kind of peace? The world's peace? No, not the world's peace that he gives unto us. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Okay, we got two commands from the Lord. I mean, we got a command from the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. That's a command. Okay, so the Lord's given us the choice. Hallelujah. We got the choice. Amen. I mean, it's, it's in your hands. Don't be afraid. Okay, so that's the first thing you got to do. Just don't be afraid. Situation comes up, let's not be afraid. Okay, it's in your hands. Okay, the Lord's put that in your hands. You have a choice. And it's a commandment from the Lord. I can live from grace to grace. I can live from glory to glory. I don't have to live anymore from crisis to crisis or disaster to disaster. I don't have to live this way anymore. I don't have to live in that fallen state of Adam anymore. I'm not a sinner. Okay? So I don't have to walk around and be chained down like a sinner. I don't have to do that. If you don't believe me, read Ephesians chapter 2. Okay? It's very clear. Paul very clearly talks about it. I was once darkness. I was once the nature of wrath. I was once a sinner. Okay? I was once there. But now I've been seated with Christ. I am seated with him. It's not one bench and then there's a hundred people next to him. No, no, no. I'm seated with him. He's the head. I'm the body. I'm with them. Okay. There's, I mean, I'm in that anointing with him. If you're not righteous, you're not going to heaven. It's as simple as that. So if you're a sinner, you're not going to heaven. I'll just lay that out there. We we just talked about the Lord being holy. That's for somebody out there. I'm telling you, hallelujah. Okay. I've got a magnifying glass here. Where's my friend Jeremiah? Come on up here, Jeremiah. <clears throat> okay. So why does the problem look so big, right? Well, this is what the devil does. Hey, Jeremiah, t- did you see what that person said about you? Now I did. Yeah, take a look, take a look. Hey, hey, bring someone else over here. Come on over. Hey, guys, look, can you believe that? Or particularly when there's a doctor's report or something else comes, you know, and you're trying to fight it. Oh, don't you know he's going to come with those thoughts? He's going to say, come on, Jeremiah, look at that. Can you see that? Yeah, come on, take a closer look. He's magnifying the problem, right? That's what he's trying to do. And we've heard Pastor Justin say it. We've heard everybody say it that's coming up here. Stop magnifying the problem. Start magnifying the word. Make the word be, be what, you're, what you're focused on. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thanks again. <laughs> I got a sponge here, okay? And... Uh, the Holy Spirit was talking to me one day. He says, you're like a sponge, man, just sopping up all that dirty water. And every time the devil comes and just squeezes you out, comes nothing but gook, gooky water. And I was just like, oh, man. So your eyes and your ears are gates, right? And so what you're putting in your mind is what you're going to absorb. And the second you start squeezing it, that's what's going to come out, right? So I just want you to think about that. When you're, when you're entertaining those belchy thoughts that the devil's trying to get you to say, 
man. Let's go to Luke 6. There's something the Lord wanted me to get to here, and i got to get to this. So, hallelujah. Luke chapter 6. <clears throat> hallelujah. Luke chapter 6. And we're going to go to verse 40. Luke chapter 6, verse 40. Jesus, well, actually, verse 40. Let's see. Let's go to Luke 6, 46. I apologize. Let's go to the... We'll talk to Sam back there. Let's go to Luke 6, 46. We'll start at verse 46. And then we'll go all the way down to 49. It says, verse 46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me Savior? Why do you call me Master? Right? But you don't do the things that I say or that I command you to do. Okay? Now listen to this. Whoever comes to me, in verse 47, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings, you know, my commandments, right? And does them. I'll show you what this dude is like. Okay? This person's like a man which builds a house and he digs it deep in the root of love. He grounds himself in love, okay? He makes a foundation of love. He gets perfected in love, okay? And when the flood arises, because the devil's going to come, right? Pastor Justin talked about it in Isaiah um, 54th chapter uh, when he was up here last week, that the Lord's removed us from fear. He's removed us from torment. He's established us in righteousness. We're far from oppression, right? And so when the, when the floods rise and the streams come up and the enemy comes after you, the Lord's like, it ain't coming from me. It's coming from the devil. Yeah, I created him, but he turned outlaw after I created him. And now he's out there just trying to act like he's above the law. You know, he's, But any weapon that he's going to form, any storm he's going to send your way, I give you the power to condemn and you the power to overcome it, right? Hallelujah, right? So he says that the streams are beaten upon the house, but it could not shake it. Why? Because it was founded upon the rock, right? Fear could not move this individual. He was perfected in love. He and she was perfected in love, right? Now, we got another guy who hears the same commandments. He loves the Lord. They love the Lord, right? But they're not doing what Jesus said. They're not doing his commandments. So, same storm, same situations in life. Why people seem to think they're the only ones going through things, I, you just tend to wonder. Because we all go through the same attacks that the enemy tries to throw at you. Nobody's exempt from this. The devil's not going to quit till the day Jesus comes. But, man, we got authority. And I like what Pastor Justin said, because you read it in Revelations. That, that was what was causing all the problems. I mean, the same guy, and what did he do? This person, he just, he didn't have a good foundation, and his house just falls. All right, the Lord wants you in the boardroom. The Lord wants you solving problems, okay? He wants you to be the answer at your workplace. He wants you to be the answer in society, okay? That's what he's saying in this scripture right here. I want you to be the answer. You get rooted and grounded in my love. You be the answer to the problems that are out there in society. When those streams come, when those problems come, you be the answer. You take authority, okay? You're founded on the word. You're founded on the rock. It doesn't matter what the devil's going to throw at you. I will be there. I'll give you wings like the eagle. That situation where that legal case came to me, I had a dream the next day after we had prayed. I had a dream. I was, I was standing there, and all this water was coming toward me. And something picked me up, man, and I started flying above all it. And I'm looking down. I got up and just started shouting hallelujah because I knew he was talking about Isaiah 41. I knew he was taking me above. He'd give me the high flight, man. Psalm 16, man, he, he held beneath, putting me up above. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, be the answer. Be the answer. Daniel served three different administrations, three different kings. And yet every time he had the answer, the Lord gave it to him. 
All he did was love the Lord and, and stayed in the word. Okay? I'm, I'm sensing this from the Holy Spirit. That was the one man that the Holy Spirit wanted me to get across today. He wants you in the boardroom. He wants you there. He wants you solving those things. If you'll listen, he'll put you in position so that you can speak them and solve them. He'll put you in that. Ask Joseph. He put him in a position so that he could solve the things for Pharaoh. Right? The butler and the baker. I'm telling you. That's what he wants from you. That's what he wants from this body in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Isaiah 53. And I got about 10 minutes here, 10 or 15 minutes. So we'll go to Isaiah 53. Oh, man, shouting grounds. Because like I said, I like processes. I like, to, I like to hear heaven's legal terms. This is the legal thing. And tonight you're going to get a big picture when you walk out of here. Your mind's going to be grounded in Isaiah 53. You're going to be grounded in this, okay? You're going to be grounded in this, all right? All right, Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll say it now as they're going to Isaiah 53. In Genesis chapter 15, don't you go there, but you go to Isaiah 53, okay? Avraham has just defeated the battle with the kings. Melchizedek has just come and blessed him. And, I mean, he blessed him. The covenant elements, okay? We're going to talk about covenant now. This is why you don't have to be fearful. You got a covenant with God, made in blood. And I want you, when you take communion, when you go home and you start taking communion, I want you to anchor your mind in that covenant when we start reading Isaiah 53. But in Genesis chapter 15, Avram says to the Lord, he says, how will I know? The Lord just showed him all the stars, took him up in the vision, showed him all the galaxies, man. How will I know? So what does the Lord do? He has him take a bunch of animals, rams, goats, right? Even birds, right? And he has them split them. And he has him lay it out. And then the presence of God comes over him, and a great sleep comes on him, and the Lord begins to talk to him and make a covenant with him out of blood. Okay? So, so that Abraham smelled those dead animals. He had a smell. He had a smell sensation. He had a visual of this covenant. And what does the Lord do? It says a flame of fire. What does he do? He, this is God. He walks in between those animals in that blood and lets Abraham see it. He lets Avram see it. He made a covenant with him that he would never break, okay? Jesus has made a covenant with you, okay, about torment. Everything that Jesus did on the cross, everything had a reason for it, right? Spirit, soul, and body, everything. The stripes for our healing, right? The bruises for our sins and iniquities, right? I mean, everything. There wasn't one thing that the Bible didn't already talk about and that Jesus didn't fulfill. It had a purpose. Now, we're talking about the chastisement of our peace, the mental anguish, the mental torment. I have a right to refuse fear. And I have the Lord backing it. I and, I, and it's not based on my ability. Oh, thank you, God. That it's not based on my ability, but it's based on his covenant. Okay? He said here, it says here in the Bible in verse 3, Isaiah 55, verse 3, it says, He is despised, he's rejected of men, he's a man of sorrows, he's acquainted with grief. And when he, we hid our faces from him, he's despised, but yet he's not esteemed. Okay? Why is he doing this? This is how... Jesus was revealed as the Son of God, by the way, okay? 
Verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs. That's plural, okay? And he did this both physically and he did it spiritually. He died two deaths. And that word you read later on in Isaiah 53 is a plural word, two deaths. So he not only took blows physically, he took them in hell also. So he took spiritual blows also down in hell. He carried our griefs, our sins, our, our sicknesses, our diseases, our weaknesses, and he carried our sorrows. That's that torment. That's that torment the devil put when man became subjected to death, when Adam disconnected from God and connected to fear. Because fear is faith in darkness. Fear is faith in its ability. And it got twisted. And Adam's faith got twisted. And now his faith is more on subjection to death than it is on God. He's separated from God. Fear has torment, okay? Fear is darkness, okay? And it's faith in that darkness. It's it's faith that that darkness has more power than what, what Christ has. That's what fear is. He took that for us. He took those blows. Man, I'm telling you, and when they whipped him on that pole with those stripes, what'd they do? What'd they put on his head? They put a crown of thorns and began to blow, blow on him and hit him with blows. Okay. <clears throat> All of this, you come down to this. It says, <clears throat> we streamed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But look at verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. I want you to get a mental image of this. I want you to remember when God walked through the blood. Okay? And Abram, Avram saw that. Okay? How will I know? How will you know? Okay? This is what Jesus was doing. So you could get a mental picture of this in your mind, in your spirit. You could get a picture of this so that you'll always know. You can, every time you take communion and you break that bread and you drink that cup, you're remembering everything that the Lord did, what it stood for, all the covenant promises. He carried our sorrows and we esteemed him stricken, smitten, and God afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. That word chastisement is another word for punishment. And that word chastisement is you're whipped, beaten, constantly hit. Wham, wham, wham. And um, he took that for us, for peace. And with the stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. We don't have to live being tormented by fear anymore. We, we just don't have to. Let's go to 1 John. Go to 1 John, chapter 4, verse 18. We started off with, with a song about we're never walking away from the love of the Lord, ever. Yes. We're never walking away from the Lord, ever. Thank you, Lord. Ever. 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out all fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. You ever, you ever look at the word habit? Interesting word, habit. Okay? If I, take, if I take the word H away from habit, I still got a bit of the problem. Right? If you take the word A, H-A away from habit, there's still a bit of the problem. If you take the word H-A-B away from habit, you still have it, 
Okay, so what you have to do is, is you have to perfect yourself in love. You have to change your habit, right? So now we have to establish ourselves in love. And that's what we were doing. We were praising God. Oh, man. And then you add scripture with it, and you remember what Christ did. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anything the Lord wants you to say? Okay. Can we have a... Is that okay? We won't go too long, but thanks. Let me... When you were talking about... um, You kept going back to um, who we are in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me in prayer during the time when I was praying is that in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, old things are passed away. That part kept coming to me. If any man be in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And so, what the Holy Spirit is saying in Proverbs 23, 7, is that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you think like the old man, you will act like the old man. And we're not that old man anymore. The old man is dead. He died with Christ. And there's a new man on the inside of us. So we have to begin to identify with who we are in Christ Jesus, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to renew our minds to who we are. And this is a daily process. This isn't something that you do once in a while. But this has to be something daily. And we have to stop focusing on sin. I used to focus on what not to do, and that's all I would do. So begin when I began to focus on who I was in Christ Jesus, that's when the change took place. Because I refocused on God's word and I began to identify with who I am now. That resurrection powers on the inside of us. And the Holy Ghost was speaking to me in prayer and he spoke this to me. He said, somebody has a death sentence that's been spoken over him. A death sentence. And you heard the word tonight. And if that is you, God says, I want you to come forth. The anointing is here. The word has gone forth about Jesus. He's the healer. And if you have had a death sentence, come Come, come. He said, come forth now. If a word has been spoken to you by the doctors, come now. 
and receive hold Jesus hallelujah glory to God it is written you shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord Death has no victory. Hallelujah. Jesus stripped death. Pain. Symptoms of pain. I command you to go now in Jesus' name. Take your hands off God's property now, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. When, when we begin to operate as children of light, when we begin to understand we don't have to live by fear. I, doctors are in the healing business. Don't get me wrong. They're in the healing business. It's not their diagnosis. When I cast my care over on the Lord, I'm not in denial. Okay? It's the prognosis I never agree with. I just don't agree with the prognosis. They're limited. Doctors are limited. What's so hard to say that? I don't have the answer. Okay, well, I know Dr. Jesus does. He's got the answer. There's, I appreciate doctors. I do. They're in the healing business. Thank you, Lord, for doctors. I've used them, okay? It's, but there's, there comes a time when you, you can't, you look at a person in the eye and you pronounce a death sentence over them. When the word clearly says that any weapon that the enemy is formed against you, you have the right to condemn. You don't have to accept it. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, some of us in here have, have had sentences before given to us from doctors. I know Brother Vic. They, they told him he'd never get to walk right again. And look at him. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, don't have to accept the prognosis. Okay? So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Pastor Justin. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.